Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. If you were hoping to hear Boyd Matheson, you will be disappointed because who you have today is my friend Greg Scordis and myself, Leah Murray. Um, we're coming here to chat about Elon Musk. I feel like I'm always chatting about Elon Musk. <laughs> Deja vu. <laughs> These days, yeah. Um, and his plan to buy Twitter, which has opened up a whole host of conversations around the stock market and, you know, super billionaires doing things like this. Um, but today we want to talk about social media companies should be allowed to ban certain speech or or be able to deplatform people or to curate content. And, and I think, Leah, you explained it to me a little bit earlier and on some of the, our prior shows that that you feel, and I think it's fairly well known, that Elon Musk is concerned that, that certain conservative voices have right. been deplatformed on, on Twitter and some other networks, and that maybe he's trying to open that up a little bit. Right. I mean, this is a very tricky place to be. It is a private company, and you sign a user agreement when you decide to start tweeting to the world. So... It's hard to take First Amendment rights into a private company, right? Because we don't want to tell private businesses how to run their operations. That's, you know, capitalism, right? So you've got like two major features of America, which is capitalism versus kind of this concept of free speech. Um, and so this is that, right? Like, should we be bringing these concepts of free speech into private companies? On the other hand... There are certain parts of speech that we just don't want to see. I mean, there, exactly. there are things on on Twitter, um, that, and I won't get into them, but you, that we really sh- should keep off the airways. I mean, there's things that are so offensive and so troublesome, but speech is a different thing. It's a it's a little different than images and 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 violence or pornography or things like that. And, and what we're talking about is speech and your ability to to sort of give your opinion and share things and what and to what extent that should be limited and to what extent these platforms should be able to promote their own speech. Right, exactly. So here we've got Kevin O'Leary, who is known as Mr. Wonderful from ABC's Shark Tank, who appeared on CNBC to talk about some of these issues. He began by laying out how Twitter has been underperforming. So the way I'd like to look at this, because this debate around curating content is not unique to Twitter. This is a problem for all social media platforms. And over the last decade, almost 10 years, this company's been public. And if you compare its performance, let's talk about investors. This is the most miserable investment you could have put your dollars into in social media. It has totally 
lagged all its other competitors, never grew anywhere near as fast as Google or Facebook or Instagram or even TikTok that just cleaned it out almost right away in a matter of months. You have to ask yourself, the, the rotating suite of executives that come through this thing and all the stock options issued over the last nine years have created virtually no value for the shareholder. Yeah, so I'm just going to be clear and say this is not my area of expertise, right? Someone else puts money in a 401k for me and I say thank you. Um, but O'Leary is trying to make the argument, and so we'll hear him set, talk now, that he goes on to say that the reason why this is happening, the reason why it's underperforming is the way that it censors voices. This has been a horrific place to try and grow a business. It needs change. It needs the whacking stick. It needs everybody cleaned out of there. And I think, frankly, if you ask me about free speech and who should be canceled, who's not, the reason this thing is underperformed is they've tried to do this curation by canceling voices and losing millions of followers. Okay, so apparently I don't watch uh, TV enough, but I thought Mr. Wonderful was a car salesman here in Utah. (laughs) But you're saying he's on Shark Tank, which is that where they build aquariums? No, I feel like they talk about investment opportunities. Oh, what's the show where they build these fancy aquariums in people's houses? Yeah, I I haven't watched that show, Greg. Okay, well, maybe you and I are watching different shows, but I'm (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, Actually, it's pretty interesting to listen to the man. I just didn't know who he was. Um, He also said that uh, curating content violates the principle of free speech. Now, you know, when you start to try and figure out who should have a voice and who shouldn't, you're stepping on the basic principles of free speech in America. And that really doesn't sit well with the majority of the population. I think this is such a cool idea, right? That the United States founded on this principle of free speech, of every individual getting to present him or her or themselves however they want to. Um, So if you are a private business preventing that or censoring that, Right. Then people aren't going to buy in. Uh, It's an interesting that really we need to have our private companies follow what our values say as well. And maybe that's the problem. And maybe that's where where Elon Musk comes in and says, look, when we're censoring people like the president of the United States, are we really doing it because of, of politics? Are we doing it because content is is so troublesome or or what? And. And so, I mean, he's certainly got the money. He's made a bid that's off the charts, uh, which is a foolish bid uh, by most accounts, financially, economically, right. uh, to take this this over. And he, so far, he's being there's a lot of pushback. Yeah. No, and I think you made the argument earlier that maybe we want content curated because there are things that we don't want to see. So here we have CNBC host Andrew Sorkin arguing for curating content because he doesn't want his kids to see some of the bad things on the Internet. Well, I don't want my like kids seeing pornography. I don't want my kids seeing uh, foul language or terrible. Then, you, then, terrible- then you use the tools of the Internet to, uh, to stop those URL sites as you do now in your home. You have those tools. Why can't Twitter put those tools out? Why doesn't Facebook do more tools? Why doesn't Google do the same? The point is you can't curate the entire Internet. It's not going to work. You can Adam? provide tools, and that's what Twitter should do. That is so interesting. You cannot curate the entire Internet. So talk to me, Greg, as someone who's a lawyer and maybe thinks about, but some of these things are crime, right? So pornography that children could see are crime. So talk to me how, what are other tools we could use instead of curating the whole Internet? It's interesting you'd mentioned that, uh, Leah, because I've been around before the Internet was. <laughs> and I remember we were looking at, speaking of pornography, we, we were investigating 
uh, hotels for for showing movies that they shouldn't. And we were investigating these uh, bookstores that had these sort of video uh, tapes underneath the cabinet that were that were real troublesome. And then all of a sudden, the internet came, and it's like. It's it's out of the bag. Do you not do it's, that anymore? It's like no. it's like how do you regulate it now? I mean, it was easy when you could go into to this the bookstore and say, "Hey, what do you got underneath the counter there?" Or go onto some TV station and say, "Hey, you you shouldn't be showing that." But now it's the internet, and we don't even know where half of it's coming from. Right, right. So, is your argument then, or maybe you weren't making an argument, but was your <laughs> argument that? There's, so the cat's out of the bag, so pornography runs free? No, no, no. I, I think, how I, do we... That's yeah. a good question. I, I think we're doing a good job. I think that there is a time and place to, to, to curate content. And I think that, by and large, Leah, the public will decide... I mean, people will look at some of these things and say, that's not right. We shouldn't do that. And maybe, maybe the economics of it will sort itself out. But, but I do think there's a time when government needs to step in and say, wait a minute. You've gone over the top here. All right. Well, coming back, we're going to chat about inflation, another kind of doomsday <laughs> conversation. Greg, we're on so Earth happy Day. on this Earth Day. Um, come back after the break. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.